This week on episode 521 of Priority One, Star Trek Prodigy drops several news items just as Star Trek Day nears. Star Trek Online tries to entice new players and existing players to start a brand new character. And we throw a unicorn horn on a white gorilla suit in on screen with season two, episode four of Lower Decks. You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 521 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, August 31st, and available for download or streaming on Friday, September 3rd, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. And I'm Roscoe. Captains, we hope that you were able to join us for the live stream Star Trek Content Creators of the Community Summit that was held on Saturday, August 28th, featuring Kat, representing the podcast and the Armada, uh, as well as Zeph Films, Ruin from Ship Talking Pod, uh, Piece by Piece, who has a Twitch stream that does uh, a lot of Star Trek stuff, and the Q from Q Continuum. It was a phenomenal two and a half hours. Was it two and a half hours or one and a half? Two and a, two and a half. No, was it two and a half? It was, it a, was, it was a while. We went for a, a little, while. Oh, it was like t- a little over two hours. Yeah, it was a little over two hours, right? Yes, a great conversation. So if you haven't already, you can check out the recording of that over on Roddenberry's official YouTube channel, just visit youtube.com and do a search for Roddenberry. There you'll find their YouTube channel and our video will be there. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. I, I don't remember where's my invitation. I don't... Did you did you send it to my other email address? Elio, where was, uh, where was my... my Invitation in what in sure. what sense? It was it was an invitation. Everybody to be was, on the to be on the panel, you know. On the you panel, know, but you it was not. Cat, and there's not me. It, but you see, you know, it was Cat was there as a representative of the Armada speaking on behalf of the Armada, and then it just so happened that she's also a host on the show, so she was able to coincidentally. Talk to <laughs> and my role was just to make sure that the cats didn't uh, didn't just roam around aimlessly. So don't talk about Cat like that. <laughs> I do wander around aimlessly, uh, just for fun. Uh, but no, that conversation—it was great. Everyone was really, really lovely, and what a what an interesting uh, bunch of people. Agreed. And the wonderful thing is, it lives on on the Roddenberry YouTube page. So I look forward to sitting down at a more reasonable time in my time zone and snuggling up with a big bowl of popcorn and enjoying it myself because I wasn't invited. <laughs> so I have to watch Sour it. Sourpuss. <laughs> 
But that's fine. <laughs> like it was like it was Correct. like content. two two thirty in the morning. Content coming for out you. the wazoo. Four thirty in the morning for you when it happened. Yeah, yes, it was. But before we jump into the news, we want to welcome new listeners to the show, and we hope you'll stay in touch. You see, this show is produced by a community of volunteers who donate their time and talents because, like you, they are passionate about what Star Trek is all about. So we hope you'll get involved and be a part of our community. Follow us on social media so you can share your thoughts about the weekly headlines. Join the Armada so that you can experience Star Trek gaming with like-minded Trekkies. Or consider joining the team and lending your time and talents to producing this show. Or if you find value in the podcast, consider supporting us financially. Because unfortunately, producing a podcast is not free and costs some money. But with your help, we can continue to keep the lights on and producing the quality content you've come to expect each and every week. So visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and consider joining the patreon family we even offer some perks from a dollar and up more importantly we need to take a moment to thank our latest supporter tara t tara thank you so very much for joining the patreon family and for believing in our content so much that you decided to contribute each and every month thank you tara t thank you very much now let's find out what's been happening in the star trek multiverse I don't know. Then let's trek it out. The newest iteration of Star Trek, the animated series for Nickelodeon titled Prodigy, is making news this week with a couple of big announcements. First up, casting. Two new actors have been added to the cast, with Jimmy Simpson and John Noble both playing antagonist characters. According to Deadline's Alexandra del Rosario, Noble, who you might know from Lord of the Rings or as Dr. Walter Bishop in J.J. Abrams' television series Fringe, will voice the character known as the Diviner, a, quote, ruthless tyrant who controls the asteroids of Tars Lampora and will stop at nothing in his hunt for the proto-star ship, no matter the cost, end quote. Simpson, who you might confuse for Christian Slater, but is actually the dude from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Westworld, or Breakout Kings, voices Dreadnought, the, quote, diviner's deadly robotic enforcer, heartless and cold, end quote. Now, if talent isn't enough of a news headline like John Noble, then be sure to watch the main title sequence for the show, now made available on YouTube and other Star Trek social media channels. So, there's a lot to unpack. Why don't we first talk about the actors? Nice to see another Australian in the Star Trek world with John Noble. Excellent casting, majestic voice. If you're going to have a villain, John Noble Noble's got to be your go-to guy because the power in that voice. Oh, so Jennifer. good. Yes, so Magic. good. So good. And I mean, he was fantastic in Fringe. I am so excited. I remember tweeting a long time ago that they need to get John Noble in Star Trek. I I, I have to go back into my Twitter history because I am 99.9% positive. I at tweeted John Noble and Star Trek and said, please get John Noble into Star Trek. Uh, it was probably during my Fringe rewatch and I am so excited about this. If you follow him on social 
media. He is like the sweetest man. I just want to, I want to, I want him to be my grandpa. Like he's just so awesome. And on top of that, he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, there's nothing I've seen him in that he just doesn't command what he's doing. So I'm really, really excited to have John Noble. I'm a little disappointed that it's only his voice. I would have, I think I would have liked to have seen him physically act a role, but I'll take it. I'll take it. He's in the Trek family now. Exactly. We've brought him in. He's in the building. We've got him in the door. This is a first step, and then we can get him on screen in an actual physical way rather than just as voiceover. So, it will baby steps, man. Baby know, steps. Know, it's I a good know. start. I know, baby steps. I'm trying to picture Jimmy Simpson. I mean, I've watched It's Always Sunny, but I can't remember what he looks like. He's... Uh, like a, a odd combination oh. of Christian Slater and somebody else. He looks like, yeah, Christian Slater mixed with the singer of Radiohead, Tom York. <laughs> yeah, he's a Christian Slater variant. <laughs> oh, my God. So now what about that opening sequence, the main title uh, sequence for Star Trek? Oh, Friday? it was beautiful. Although, I mean, there was a lot going on in there. Um, I liked whether they, you know, it showed the ship flying out like it was a robot hand. Do you remember that part? That was pretty yeah. cool. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's the diviner maybe he's or maybe that's dreadnought dreadnought oh, is a robotic thing right yeah that thing was pretty big though well i yeah. guess we don't know how big the ship is though well the ship zoomed around and and did barrel rolls around various representations of different characters uh and so you know it zipped up a hologram of of janeway at some point that had lots of computer code around it so it looked it looked really cool and i think that's maybe our, our little um creative representation of the proto star is always trying to outrun the hand of the diviner just coming towards them constantly so that's their their little way of of telling that story in a very simple way to children to go this is this is who they're trying to get away from the big scary hand so that's fun little representations of speed and and how fast this this new ship can go because that little moment where the warp nacelles curve in and then we get the third one come out i was like this is great this is entirely new this is this is streamlined this is slipstream even i yeah i was a i was a fan i actually really enjoyed this did this doesn't feel cartoony right it doesn't feel like it's targeting only a young audience but instead a you know obviously a younger audience but perhaps a younger mature audience you know um again i think back to tron uprising right that was a cartoon on disney but you know although still a cartoon for kids dealt with pretty mature content and materials i thought the music was really good i thought you know it was it was moving and still offering that epic feel that classic epic star trek feel of of this is exploration right this is the final frontier i really did appreciate that it's funny q says that uh, trekcore already set the opening sequence to enterprise and uh, i'm not gonna watch that i will not i will not let it ruin be ruined for me q i will not i shall not let it be ruined for me wow how dare trekcore how dare i totally want to see that q because <laughs> anything is that. better than <laughs> I'm okay if it gets the ruined. best version. The superior version is still the Enterprise opening sequence set to the Perfect Strangers soundtrack. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that's the best. Um, 
Yeah. Mm. What'd you think of, of the ship, though, Elio? I actually like it. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it. It feels like a natural progression. It still fits the style of the era, right? Even if it is maybe, you know, several years after Voyager, it would feel like a, a, a design inspired by 23rd century Federation, 23rd, 24th century Federation. 24th. So yeah, I, it, I, I don't hate it. It look, it looks fast. It looks sleek. It's a ship that I would fly in Star Trek online. So long as it's a tactical ship. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be science. <laughs> it's price. gonna be science. High price from Elio. I don't hate it. It's gonna be science, and I'm gonna be so sad. It's a science ship. It, no, it's gonna be a pilot. Now, here, actually, here's here's some speculation about the ship. I would bet that the ship was designed in the Delta Quadrant, right? Because, Ooh, go on. like, you know, think of that. The episode what was it the Prometheus. That ship was a Trojan horse, right? So I wonder if that ship was the designed. Dauntless. You mean the Dauntless. The Dauntless, right, right. But that's a Prometheus mm-hmm. class, isn't it? Yes. No, the Prometheus is a Prometheus class. All right. Well, the Dauntless, the Dauntless one. I don't argue because I don't know ships like the back of my hand. But yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a ship that was designed in the Delta Quadrant, you know, maybe to help Voyager along the way or something like that, right? Which is why it's just stranded in the Delta Quadrant. Or it was designed in the Alpha Quadrant and went so fast that they had to do an automated test and it just zipped off just went away into wherever it's gone that is far too far away for it to ever be retrieved. Wherever Admiral Archer's prized beagle is. (gasps) Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Porthos number three. Porthos (laughs) four. Yeah, I, 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 it's totally going to be a pilot, a pilot starship. I'm sorry. But it's nice that it's a prototype because we see the NX registry very clearly on next to the USS Protostar. Oh. So anything that's new and different and exciting, it's still in the realms of what we know of Star Trek starships, but just pushed a little bit more to the extreme, something new and something different because it's a prototype. Yeah. It could have wildly unexpected things, and that's going to be the fun of the series. Panels, panels, and more panels are coming your way to discuss all things Trek for the franchise's 55th anniversary. On September 8th, Star Trek Day celebrations will be hosted by The Next Generation's Will Wheaton and actress host Mika Burton. It will feature back-to-back in-person conversations with cast and crew members with a focus at looking at what is ahead for the franchise. One panel in particular features Anson Mount, Rebecca Romaine, and Ethan Peck from Strange New Worlds, with the trailer for the event casually showing off the logo of the series. Composed Jeff Russo will lead a live orchestra performance throughout the event with Paramount Plus saying expect some surprise announcements and reveals throughout the program. Another notch in the milestone belt of history comes after the airing of the Lower Decks episode will always have Tom Paris marking the 800th episode of Star Trek television. Now that commemorative plate makes even more sense. I do enjoy the fact that Paramount Plus says to expect some surprise announcements. Well now it's not a surprise. Let's let's maybe just to expect some announcements but that is very exciting strange new worlds trailer fingers crossed you think they'll have a trailer ready though i don't know i mean i guess totally maybe. if they're finished filming yeah well yeah i would imagine that we're gonna see a teaser trailer for strange new worlds i'd re- i'd probably bet money on a teaser trailer for discovery season four and a full trailer for picard season two Oh. And maybe we'll get a bit more of an announcement on something like the mythical Section 31 series that may or may not come right, forward. Right, because right. it seems like mm-hmm. there's always a bit of a question mark about that. Or that the Starfleet Academy series that's oh, in yeah. development. Yeah. 
Yeah, they could be announcing something like the that. A lot of trick. I'm starting to feel about the Section 31 show the way I feel about this whole Tarantino thing. They keep saying it. They keep talking. It keeps making headlines. But I feel like it's just not going to mm-hmm. work out. Like the the original plan, they thought they're like mm, maybe we should. So, but we'll see. We'll have uh, we'll have to wait and see. All that's happening on September 8th. It's free for everyone. So be sure to set your calendar and sit by your computers, laptops, or other streaming devices. If watching all the new Trek offerings and playing all the Trek games is still not enough Star Trek content in your life. Well, you're in luck. This November, Titan Publishing is relaunching the official Star Trek magazine and renaming it Star Trek Explorer. Titan describes this magazine as, quote, the number one destination for everything Star Trek, filled with in-depth interviews and features taking you behind the scenes of all your favourite shows and movies, end quote. The first issue showcases a fresh new design and features two exclusive Star Trek short stories. Plus, they plan on adding a 16-page themed featurette in each issue, with the inaugural issue featuring a guide to Captain James T. Cook. There are two covers available for the first issue. One cover features a shot of Michael Burnham from Star Trek Discovery, while the second uses Tim Anderson's Star Trek The Original Series tribute artwork. Yearly subscriptions cost $29.99 for four issues, and as an added bonus, if you subscribe, you get an exclusive digital magazine that includes extra Trek nuggets. You can buy each issue separately, though, for $9.99. Now, here are a few headlines that we did not discuss but might interest you. Links, of course, will be in our show notes. Commemorating Women's Equality Day in the U.S., the documentary Woman in Motion has been uploaded to the International Space Station and is now available to watch up there. If you've not seen it already, the film shows how Nichelle Nichols spent 1977 campaigning across America to bring diversity to NASA. Woman in Motion is also available on demand and is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Voyager actor Tim Russ recently helped with the detection of Patroclus, an asteroid orbiting Jupiter. An avid amateur astronomer, Russ is part of a network of citizen astronomers who regularly contribute space observations. He says that contributing to NASA's mission is important because understanding where we come from, what our origins are, and the fact that we are a few intelligent species in this galaxy is special. Remember, Captains, to learn more about these headlines, be sure to review the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Welcome aboard, Captain. Congratulations, high score. Well, the time has come at last. Star Trek Online announced the Temporal Recruitment Event, returning on all platforms, just in time to celebrate Star Trek Day on September 8th. Since we're playing through the original series-era content for this event, the devs have gone through and made some visual updates and updated cutscenes for that era, as well as updating and improving the missions themselves. Plus, Temporal Agent goals have been updated to include some new ones, and removed some goals from missions that are no 
longer in the game, so you don't have to worry about finding temporal probes in missions that no longer exist. You'll be able to earn bonuses for reaching level 60, marks for all the reputations that have been added to the game, and rewards for engaging in R&D and specializations. Existing temporal agents will be able to complete these new goals as well, and if you've already finished them, you can claim the rewards immediately. Remember, to become a temporal agent and gain access to the rewards, you must make a new TOS Starfleet character during the event. Then you must play the tutorial until you receive your special temporal agent transceiver device. Once you receive the device, your character is a temporal agent and you can complete the goals at any time and claim the rewards even after the initial event ends. I have been dining out on my temporal agent rewards for years with every new character that I build. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a heck of a kickstart and I only have one temporal agent as a as an alt character so I will I will probably be starting a new character after this one. I already have three temporal agents, but I'm still going to make another one. <laughs> I missed the temporal agent event when it happened. So oh, this will my be God, my first exciting. temporal agent. I have so... a TOS character, but I guess I didn't finish the tutorial and, and never got oh, no. the receiver. I didn't get probed. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't have those rewards. So I will. This well, that's will, awesome. Yeah, this will get me in the game to at least create one new TOS tune and get the uh, get those rewards. I hear those rewards are pretty epic, right? They so are. So can we just make this clear? On the record, Elio is going to create a new character in Star Trek Online. This is this is actually, this is happening. This is really happening. I have a few characters. I just don't play them. I'm just, I'm just asking. I, I just want it on the record officially. There are, there are a few that I have. I just don't play them. <laughs> like no the Gemadar. Like I have the recruits except for the Temporal. So what, actually, why don't we talk about the importance of this? So the reason that these recruitment events happen is, yeah, to get some cheeks and seats. But these are themed characters, so to speak, right? If we're going to translate it for people who don't play Star Trek Online, these are essentially themed characters with a very unique ability compared to an average character creation, right? Outside of these events. These characters that are created during the event have a bit of a special story arc that puts them on uh, on a path of temporal temporal exploration, right? Like that's the, the in-game storyline. But once you create the character and you... And you earn this this device, right? That that flags your character as a temporal agent, quote unquote. Not only can you then proceed to play with the game as any normal player, character, or whatnot, but what happens is that your character is granted essentially a, a to-do list. And as you progress through this to-do list, you are granted rewards. Rewards like oh man, well you get fleet marks, you get EC, you get dilithium, you get special. Mm-hmm. Well, they've had several recruitment events, and uh, I can't remember exactly. I know I looked at one of my temporal agents earlier, but I can't remember exactly what the rewards are. But say for like the Klingon, there's a lot of tech upgrades. Yeah, you get um, a lot of boosts to you know unlock other things. So just by playing the game. So if you're you know playing the missions, then you locate the temporal probes. Um, you also get to unlock like mark boxes and all kinds of stuff. You know to help you get your characters leveled up faster. And that's the wonderful thing too. It's the thing that I like the most about these recruitment events is that the rewards are all around playing the game. Getting in and playing the co- 
content. Sometimes it's it's new content. Sometimes you know you've got to queue up and you've got to play the swarm queue five times. Mm. Right. Uh, or play not everyone's favorite TFO. No. Or play like ten TFOs or whatever. It's you know not necessarily hmm. the same content, but like ten of a thing. Do this. Um, Matt yeah. Black just commented that you also get uh, auto improvement of reputation rep weapons to ultra rare rather than very rare, and that also is an awesome thing that you get with temporal agents. I totally forgot about that until you just said that. The other bonus to it is not just some currency bonuses, right? Like marks and whatnot, but there's also character enhancements. So for example, there's uh, there was at least in the last one, the Starship Traits uh, critical systems and improved critical systems, which these are things specific to, to this event, right? If you create this character, even if you create, if, you know, if you create this character during this time, you can end up getting that. So don't sit on this, right? This is a free-to-play game. During this this time frame that you have to create the recruit, do it, get through the tutorial, get that device, because if you don't, all you're doing is creating another random character in the original series era of the game. Right. If you don't already have access to a temporal agent right now, I can highly recommend you do it because then you receive benefits across your entire account. So all your other alts will benefit from the rewards by adding this one new tune. And look, it's fun too. It's a great story and it looks great. It does. It really does. Oh yeah, because it has different sound effects too. So like your weapons firing, your beam your beam in and beam out uh, sounds are different. Your warp in and out sounds are different when you're a TOS character. It's really fun. So it lends itself to like theme builds and you know, you can if you want to create, you know, a full on original series character you can do that. Yeah, and if you're like me who doesn't really like to create several alts, alternate characters, this gives you an incentive to create one and then level it up to 60, all while earning bonus points that affect your entire account. Bonus points and bonus gear too along as you progress, which is very, very handy if you are starting from scratch and if this is the thing that brings you to the game, fantastic, mm -hmm. welcome. Uh, that's the wonderful thing. By getting in and leveling up your character, you're getting ground and, and space gear all the way along. It's fantastic. Th this is an opportunity for the community to really try to invite their friends, right? Um, you know, on the Roddenberry Network, our audience, you know, reaches not just gamers of Star Trek Online, but just general Star Trek fans. So if you've been thinking about creating a character in Star Trek Online for free, now's the time to do it. But we have some other gaming news, don't we, Roscoe? We do, especially if you pine for the days when Star Trek games weren't vast, expansive, massively multiplayer world. Maybe you're more of a LAN party player, as long as someone else brings the snacks. A number of classic Trek games, including Star Trek Armada 1 and 2, Star Trek Bridge Commander, and Star Trek Voyager Elite Force and Elite Force 2 could be due for re-release on GOG Galaxy, with Gamefront reporting the game cards or titles on the platform recently being updated with new CBS copyright watermarks. I still have my own copy of Star Trek Armada 2. It's on a shelf somewhere, and to be honest, I can't quite give it up. I don't know why I haven't. I actually don't have a CD-ROM drive on any of my computers anymore, so I don't know why. I'm still holding on to that, but I can't let it go. 
this is good news, especially, you know, for fans of Elite Force who have been keeping it alive for a while on those servers. The fact that now there's even less of a barrier to entry to get this game on your machine, Windows 10 machine, for, uh, for a game that ran on Windows XP or even before that, this is good. This is good news. But we have news from Fleet Command, right, Cap? We do. Star Trek Fleet Command just dropped a new teaser featuring Brent Spiner loosening up for co-star LeVar Burton after playing, quote, an emotionless android for years. Years, end quote. This continues Fleet Command's ongoing efforts to bring in Trek celebrities for their promotions. Earlier this year, they had Sonequa Martin-Green and Carl Urban, but their recent promos have leaned into TNG to showcase the latest updates to the game. In addition to Spiner and Burton, Jonathan Frakes also shows up in the promo. Definitely check that out. Captains, you might be aware that the greater Star Trek community has decided to take a moment away from Reddit and boycott its service. You see, the problem is that Reddit is doing very little to mitigate the amount of dangerous misinformation regarding COVID-19 and the vaccines and the ongoing state of the pandemic. So several communities have gotten together to boycott Reddit and the Star Trek subreddits, including our Star Trek, Risa, Daystrom Institute, Star Trek Online, etc. All of this in the hopes that Reddit will do something to combat disinformation among its communities. Now, Captains, we are no stranger to standing up to the big guy. It's important that even for corporations who are for-profit, that they recognize the needs and the will of their customer base. Because even if you're not paying for something out of pocket, you're likely paying with privacy and data. So in some way, shape or form, you have a voice. So we encourage you to join this endeavor and avoid Reddit for a little while, like I do always, so that we can control and slow down the spread and hopefully one day end this pandemic that we're facing. That's the news from Trek Games this week. Now let's look on screen for the latest episode of Lower Decks. On screen. Computer, set Star Trek Lower Decks, season two, episode four. Mugatu Gumato, on screen. The crew of the Cerritos are tasked with an ecological mission regarding Mugatos. It seems the Gamatos are on a planet where they don't usually reside. It's up to the diplomacy skills of the Lower Deckers to solve the Mugatus mystery. Meanwhile, Tendi takes on the task of scanning those officers who just won't report to sickbay. This episode of Lower Decks aired on September 2nd, 2021. It was written by Ben Rogers and directed by Jason Zurich. And this is the episode where there was a couple of points, Kat, where I questioned, really, are they going to go there? And they really went there. They really did. I was a little surprised. (laughs) Now, Michael and Elio are unable to join us on this segment of the podcast, so it's just Kat and I going through on screen with you on this episode of Priority One. So let me start off by asking you, Kat, which scene or which sequence got you the most excited (laughs) Uh, awkward phrasing um (laughs) i actually really enjoyed the cold open i love that they're doing the cold open with the abu jitsu uh was fantastic because you know it's boimler and rutherford are like we've been midnight practice like they're gonna be so awesome and (laughs) mariner just wipes the floor with them It's, it's pretty funny i do like how not ridiculous their outfits looked for some reason in animated form those outfits look they look fine but yeah. seeing them going back and seeing 
Riker and his dad in those outfits, they look amazingly ridiculous. But it's Riker and his dad. I mean, maybe an, uh, maybe if it was other people. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. But, uh, yeah, I still have no idea, like, is just the goal of Abu Jitsu just to beat the person with the stick thing? Yes. Let's say yes. Uh, okay. Well, then, that could be fun. I see why Mariner thinks it's so therapeutic. And I really enjoyed seeing uh, Boimler and Rutherford playing Diplomacy and how that became a nice little thread throughout the episode. Their skills in this game that is, if everyone walks away not having had fun, it's actually a win. It's That's hilarious. so funny. I loved it. I thought for a second it was Cottescott or a fancy ver- different version of Cottescott. I thought it was Tongo. I wasn't sure what they were doing when they were playing playing that but that was amazing <laughs> so funny <laughs> I love their high five it's a compromise <laughs> and that was the thing that got me most excited about this episode as well last episode we had Tendi and Mariner hanging out on a girls trip this time around we had Boimler and Rutherford playing diplomats and teaming up when everyone else got captured to save the day and they did it through a PowerPoint presentation which I absolutely loved it was just it's so so clever that was great and you know i really liked the cadence of the episode this one like they liked the mix of all the storylines i felt like it all flowed together and there wasn't really it was all really well done and it flowed together you know for a complete story so i really like the way that they are structuring the episodes this season because yeah they're mixing it up it's boimler and rutherford it's tendy or mariner or tendy you know on her own which is really cool to see how people how they deal with that and so yeah i really am really enjoying how the flow of the the episodes are going let's talk about the gamato in the room or the two of them (laughs) and then the one that's up on the hill who really likes to just just watch just hang out they went there um that was that was i could not stop laughing at that scene I mean, I was laughing, but it was a little awkward. I mean, I'm just like, wow, that really just happened. <laughs> you know what it was? I thought, oh, okay, this is this is funny. This is awkward. Okay, it's getting more awkward. And then the the Mugato on the hill touched his horn, and then <laughs> and that was, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I know. It was like. How uncomfortable can we make you uh, in this one moment? Yeah, pretty uncomfortable. (laughs) What do you think could have been done differently? I don't know that I enjoy being made that uncomfortable, and I'm not trying to be prudish or like, oh, I don't want to see that. It just came out of nowhere, (laughs) so it was really unexpected. Yeah, look, I I agree with you in terms of this episode flowed really well. I honestly can't think of anything that I would like to have seen done differently. For me, overall, it was another really strong episode. Uh, I always love the voice cast, seeing who's turning up in the episode. I think Tom Kenny is in this episode who played, voiced one of the Ferengi, and that's the voice of, of SpongeBob. So he's like voiceover acting royalty and so, so good at what he does. So it's always great to see people like that turning up in the credits and hearing them on screen. It's really wonderful. So I really enjoyed this episode. And I'm going to give it a three and a half. I gave it a three. But did we confirm if the um, the green guy um, that was scamming the captain, it, I believe that was Paul F. Tompkins. And it, he was hilarious. Yes, that was Paul F. Tompkins voicing that character. The scam artist is was just 
wonderful. I love it. It's just a person that everyone has come across at some point trying to scam you out of your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And um, diplomacy solved the problem. And I also that it wasn't Mariner. I love, too, that this season is not all that Mariner has to solve everything, fix everything. So I really think that they're developing these characters. So we're really getting to see, you know, I really like too how they include the other characters on the ship. So, you know, you are seeing who's the Billups, you know, trying to have a date in in 10 Forward or whatever their version of it is. You know, so you kind of get an idea of everybody's personality, which is amazing considering it's animated. It's nice because the characters are actually developing. It's not just like, oh, they're the same character every episode. Maybe at least for Mariner, but I feel like all of them are developing as as officers, you know. It's actually showing them in their jobs, you know, week to week. Yeah, we're learning more and more about Shax every single week. Absolutely. The the levels he's willing to go to to track down an animal. He will he will touch, he will smell, he will taste everything that he can in order to track down his prey. It's really not necessary. I got no, it. Don't do it. <laughs> You're gonna do it once, fine, fine. Every time, every time. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, and I love Doctor Diana. <laughs> It's like the best. The doctor, but the cat. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed Mugatu Gamato, latest episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. Mugatu. (laughs) Mugatu. Mugatu, Mugatu, Gamato, potato, potato, tomato. That wraps up this week's On Screen for Star Trek Lower Decks. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. This week, we wanted to know, what do you hope Paramount Plus will showcase or reveal during Star Trek Day? From Twitter, Captain BG2301 replied saying, I think the one thing I would really like to see is something more about Strange New Worlds, as that is the one series I'm really looking forward to the most. From Facebook, Ray Borg replied, a trailer for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And from Twitter, James White Dragon replied saying, Defo agree. I'd love to see some SNW news. We'd also like to take a moment to thank everyone who joined us for our content creator roundtable. Some of you even took the time to share your kind feedback. Like Captain BG2301's amazing Twitter post. He says, I definitely enjoyed it. It brought to light some good points and some amazing aspects of the community. Not to mention the amazing effort that you amazing content creators put in. Thank you all for such an amazing community and an amazing place to come to be excited and built up. Aw, <laughs> thanks, Brent. And Aridan the Cyber Elf also commented on Twitter saying, it was great with some incredible touching moments. Moments to remember. Aw, that's nice. Again, thank you all for being a part of that summit. It was an incredible conversation, an incredible time that we had with these remarkable content creators. So thank you so very much. And we hope to do something like that again in the future. In the meantime, that wraps up episode 500 and 21 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. 
But we can't forget to send a special thank you to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley, Peter Archibald and Gerald Bosch. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment or voice message on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. During these difficult times, we are humbled by the continued support of our patrons who find value in the content we produce each and every week. Join our Patreon family by visiting Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, The Guard will take you inside the universe of your favourite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. No probing required. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, Brandon, William, Daniel, Rand, Alex and Lennon. Thanks to our producer, Jake, and associate producers, Shane and Thomas. Together, they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. To our new community managers, James and Sarah, for helping us stay engaged with you and share the latest headlines via our social media pages. Thanks to our graphic artist, Alejandro, with support from Jason of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Then you must play through the tutorial until you receive your special temporal probing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, I've got a chronotone. We have a very special. <laughs> we have a very special mission for you. Please just go through that. Those two doors down the just down the hall. Those two doors. Put this gown on. <laughs> And removed some goals from missions that are no longer in the game, so you don't have to worry about finding temporal probes in places you can no longer reach. You'll be able to earn... Again, see your doctor. <laughs> if you can no First longer all, reach I really hope your temporal probes... I really hope you all were watching Cat. see your okay? doctor. It was like Cat wrote it with the setup, <laughs> right? So I'm reading it, and she's like... <laughs> Because I didn't read it like that till you said it. And then I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs>
According to deadlines, Alexandria de Oh, according to deadlines, Alexandra de Rosario del Rosario del Rosario del Rosario. According to deadlines, Alexandra del Rosario Montalban. According to deadlines, plus they plan on adding a 16-page themed centerfold in each issue, with the inaugural issue featuring a guide to Captain James T. Kirk. I'm sorry, really? It was a descriptor as it's in the center of the magazine in the fold, and it's like a mini thing. So it's... It's because Burt it- Reynolds style. Well, Ship Paul <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> there, there's your uh, ship. No, porn. they called it something like supplement. You could say there, supplement. There, that just Zeph. sounded like a vitamin, though. <laughs> Zeph, there it is. That's where you can get sexy Star Trek magazine with all the ship porn you ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Remember, we got to keep this. We got to keep this show. You know, PG, PG thirteen. You only get to slip one nacelle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One Bursard collector slip. That's why I put the thing around it. All right. Uh, Yeah, featurette. Let me fix it. Uh Uh-oh, someone's deflector showing. (laughs) (laughs) Are you... Don't do it. I knew you were about to say something, something ample nacelles. (laughs) I would never... I would never say that. No. (laughs) I I would say... Is is your dilithium chamber open, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, <clears throat> is that a warp core in your pocket? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I appear to be holding munitions. Um, <clears throat> oh, I just thought of a James T. Kirk centerfold. Uh, brain bleach. Brain bleach. Brain bleach. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.